Hello, and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in. The Bible says in Isaiah 60, 1 through 5, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the king to the rising of your brightness. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They shall all gather together. They shall come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your right side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea has been turned to you, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Lift your hands to heaven with me one time. Father, I love you. Thank you for the work that you've called us to do. Father, you've called us this church. You've called us for a purpose, for what you want to do in this region. And God, we, your people, come and say, Lord, use us. Here we are. Send us. We give you our hands. We give you our feet. We give you our mouth. We give you all of ourselves and say, Lord, give glory to yourself through our ministry, through our life, through our callings, through our purpose. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we want to take part in all you've called us to do. So I ask you to anoint us. I ask you to strengthen us. And we say, Lord, as you say to arise and shine, we like Isaiah of old stand before your throne and say here I am Lord send me here I am God send me will you pray that prayer with me here I am Lord send me I want to be used of God I want to make a difference in this world I want to see the oppressed go free I want to see the broken hearted be healed and restored I want to see what you can do through those people that have been wrapped up in sin the best life lived has not been lived yet they've been called to live a life consecrated to you and oh God what they'll become as they serve you here I am Lord send me here I am God use me in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said amen you may be seated in the house of the Lord today we are in a series called completely covenant and we are going through our mission vision and values everybody say this with me our vision is this CFC exists To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, everywhere. You didn't sound real excited about that mission. You know, I did. I mean, this is connected. Lord's connected this to the Great Commission, Mark 16. So let's say this one more time like you mean. Ready? Are you ready? Today's participation. We're we're not, you know, this is not the golf gallery. Everybody has to be real quiet. You know, this is not that. This is the, uh, the NASCAR race. Nobody goes to NASCAR anymore. I'm sorry. This is the football team or the football stadium. No, man, this is the kingdom. This is the call to the greatest thing you've ever been a part of in your entire life. So say the mission with me. CFC exists to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone everywhere. Say this with me. I'm a missionary. I'm on a heavenly mission with heavenly resources to advance the kingdom of God 
in a significant way. In Jesus' name. That's who you are. And we're going to do this. We're going to advance this. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do this. Here's our vision. Here's our vision. This is the broad vision. Now, it it can be broken down in small little pieces, but this is the broad thing. Number one, encounter. We want people to encounter God. Every church service and everything that we do will be geared so that people can encounter God. We're not here to entertain people. We want people to, we want people to encounter God. In the future, as we have maybe some worship teams in, some guest worship teams, you know what their first directive will always be? Bring us into an encounter with God. We're not here to pay your bills. We're not here to make things fun for you. We're here to encounter God. Will their bills get paid? Yes. Will they be blessed? Yes. But what we want is an encounter with God. When anybody, when I invite anybody to the pulpit to preach, you know what I always tell them? We want to have an encounter with God. We need to have an encounter with God. We're not here just to hear motivational speaking. We're here to have an encounter with God. The second thing, the second portion of our vision is love. We want people to experience the love of God, and we want them to experience it through us. Amen? We want to know the love of God, and we want people to experience the love of God. And number three, this is what we set out to do. We want people to serve. You don't know your purpose in life until you're serving in the kingdom of God. You know, I saw this study the other day. When people are asked the question, what is, or people are asked, what is, how was it stated? Like, the number one question that people are asking, here's what it was. The number one question that people are asking is, what is my purpose? That's one thing that everybody wants to know. What is my purpose? What's life all about? I'll tell you, you won't ever know what your purpose is until you're engaged in God's calling for your life. And when you get involved in serving the king, he'll begin to show you all your giftings and all the important things that he's placed inside of your life and the intention of that to be used in the kingdom of God. And that's what we want to see. We're going to do it with some high values. Six high values. So mission, vision, values. What do we value? Last week was the Word of God. We are going to be a Word-centered church. Amen? You ought to be thankful for that because there's a lot of churches that are springing up everywhere that are questioning. Listen, questioning the error. They're they're saying that the scripture has errors in it and shifting it and changing it to match what they want it to be rather than what it actually is. We will be a word-centered church. That means if the word calls it sin, we'll call it sin. If the word calls it blessed, we'll call it blessed. But we won't deviate from the word of God. Amen? Because it's quick, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. God watches over it to perform it. Heaven and earth passes away, but the word of God will last forever. The word of God. This week, here's the second high value that we are going to dive into this week. These are the six values. The first one, word-centered. The second one is spirit-led. We will be a spirit-led ministry. Amen? A spirit-led ministry. So let's dive into that a little bit. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Here's what the Bible says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Can you say, and daughters, that means you as well. As many as are led by the Spirit. In other words, the expectation of God is that we would be Spirit-led. How do we get Spirit-led? How does that all work? Well, it's going to take more to explain to you to how to do it well than this one service is going to give us because there's so much to the work of the Holy Spirit. So much great stuff to the work of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to boil it down into two categories for you today. Boil it down into two categories for you today. I'll minister on those just a little bit, but you need to be able to grasp it. All right, here's the two categories. On me and in me. Or you can invert those. We're probably going to go in me first and on me. The Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit on you. When you're spirit-led individual, it's Holy Spirit leading inside of you and it's Holy Spirit directing externally on you. What reason? To glorify Jesus Christ. So, He's in me for me. He's on me for you. But both will be to glorify Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me say that again. He's in me for me. He's on me for you. Both for the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, you can say the same thing. He's in you for you. He's on you for someone else. But both will operate for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's start with in me. What does the Holy Spirit do in me? When you say, Pastor, we're spirit-led people, that means that we give credence to and leadership to the Holy Spirit. In other words, if somebody's leading and no one's following, they're only out for a walk and the Holy Spirit doesn't need the exercise. He's not trying to lose weight. huh? The Holy Spirit is on a journey for the glory of Christ Jesus. Amen? And he's moving. And the expectation is, is that we move with him as he leads. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. First one, listen, the first one Holy Spirit wants to lead is you individually. Sometimes we want to hear the Holy Spirit so we can tell others how to live. But we need to hear the Holy Spirit so that he can teach us how to live. Can you say amen? So he's in me. What is one of the first things that he does? He convicts and convinces. In John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8 says, And when he has come, speaking of the Holy Spirit here, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So here he's going to convict you and convince you. He's going to convict you of sin, convince, convince you of the kingship of the king judge who is Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit within inside of you wants to do a work to convict you and to convince you. Holy Spirit convicts me. Holy Spirit convicts me. That's, that's my heart's desire. Make me sensitive to the conviction of the Lord. The conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I know. If he will convict my heart of the wrong, it gives me the opportunity to choose the right. And guess what? He'll tell me the right. I'll show that to you in just a few minutes. But it's, it's, it's not enough to just know the right thing. It's to be convicted of doing the wrong thing. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not here to pick on anybody, but years ago, when I first met Jesus, uh, 
Man, I had all kinds of habits in my life, all kinds of them. So like uh, the plant that I worked at went to a no smoking thing. And I, I, I started sneaking and smoking when I was eight years old. Terrible. We used to follow the... Through the coal fields, there's the train, the Santa train used to run. I don't know if it still does or not. But it'd make a stop in Daint. And what we would do, we'd all gather down there when it'd make that stop because you'd be throwing out candies and you might get your picture made with Santa. At least in the background, he would be on the caboose of the train and it'd be this, all this, you know, decorated. They were throwing out candy, but in that candy, they would throw out little notepads. Our sinful, sin-filled hearts would go get... (laughs) the notepad so that we could go up in the woods and find some rabbit tobacco and strip it, roll it up and smoke it. It's a wonder I'm still alive. I've told you all this before. It's a wonder I'm still living. Uh, And so when I first got saved, I I was smoking. I was smoking cigarettes. The plant that we were at uh, went to a no smoking thing so what I had to do is get me some other way to get nicotine so I started dipping I dipped skull during the day and smoked in the evening. I really wanted to die bad, didn't I? Uh, But you know what I did? I I read the container on both of them. Do you know what both of them said? This product may cause cancer. I knew what was right. I just needed to be convicted of the wrong because there was nothing emotional and moving inside of me that would say, boy, you need to quit this. Knowledge would tell me that, but I need something more than knowledge. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit will give you something more than knowledge. He'll begin to wring your heart with righteous things and wrong things. He'll begin to do that. That's why I don't believe it's possible for anybody to fall in sin. I think you plan the whole thing, especially as a Christian. I got one come on and no amen. It's okay. Nobody mad but the devil. And maybe... This one, this one, this one. Now listen, you don't fall into sin as a Christian. You plan the whole thing. Yeah, you do. The planning's in the the way you process thoughts. But the Holy Spirit doesn't take a, a, a time out to give you a way to fall into sin. He's 24 7 on the job, and He will wring your heart with things that are wrong and against God. Yes, he will. Now, here's what I know about that. If you shun that voice, it don't ring as hard the next time. Don't sting as much the next time. After a while, it won't even sting at all. But you know what we need to do? We need to ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, break my heart with the very things that break yours. Just take hold of my heart so that I can experience that internal sense of woe. Woe. So that I can understand how not just to process thoughts. When when we process thoughts, you know what my thoughts was in my smoking and dipping? Well, maybe it won't happen to me. And I always looked at the people in my life. Well, my grandpa smoked for this many years and he's not dead yet. My uncle chewed for this many years and he's not dead yet. So my thought process, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm, I'm trying to prove a point here in the way that we rationalize what we want to get by with. But you can't rationalize Holy Spirit. You start trying to rationalize with Him, and He just rings a little harder. 
He just squeezes a little tighter. Yes, he does. Don't you think that's important? So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts and he convinces. What is he trying to convince you of? The will and the path of God. The ways of God. Here's what Holy Spirit knows. You and I, every single one of us will have to stand before the Lord. Do you know that? Every one of us will have to stand before the Lord. When you stand before the Lord, the Bible says books will be open. You ever done a study on the books? The books. Okay, so one of the books will be the Lamb's Book of Life. If your name's written. Another one will be Book of Deeds or Book of Works. Everything that you've done is in a book. Huh? You know what else will be open? The Word of God. There's something to compare your life to. It's the Word of God. Hello? You know what the Holy Spirit knows? He knows you're going there. Whether you're saved or unsaved, you're going to be judged of the king. For the believer, it will be at the judgment seat of Christ. For the unbeliever, it will be at the great white throne. For the unbeliever, the great white throne is one answer, one response. Depart from me, I never knew you. For the, great, for the, for the judgment seat of Christ, for the believer, it is to bring rewards for things done in the flesh. And what Holy Spirit wants for your life is you to have a full reward. Somebody say full reward. You need to read the book Driven by Eternity by John Bevere if you've never read it. It has to do with he's gone through the Bible and looked at the rewards that's going to come to the people of God. And the Holy Spirit wants you to have a full reward. Not a partial one, not a half one, but a full reward. And so the reason he's going to convict you and convince you is so that you can walk in righteousness and have a full reward. Amen? Isn't that amazing? So you got to help to get to the place of reward. And when those books are open, the Lord looks through the books and then it's there that we receive rewards. It's there that we hear our names called out. I don't have time to go into all of that. But that's what he does. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does in you. So in you, he's convicting and he's convincing. In you, he's teaching you. He's teaching you. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He's your great teacher. Yes, there is apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher ministries. But you know what you need to lean on? You need to lean on the Holy Spirit. You need to lean the most on the Holy Spirit. If you'll lean the most on the Holy Spirit, what you'll be able to do is discern when someone is preaching to you false doctrine. Hello, somebody. The Holy Spirit is able to lead you and guide you. And here's another thing. If you need to know the Word of God, ask the Holy Spirit. Look, on Wednesday night, I gave testimony. Sherman and I started off our series called Known on Wednesday night with our testimony first. I hope you saw that. If you didn't, you need to go back and look at it. If you've ever had marriage issues, go back and look at that. I think it'll really help you because we were ready for divorce right when we were first saved. And listen to what the Lord has done in our lives. I think it's a powerful thing. Others of you are going to be on and share your testimony. But, but when we're talking... To, so on my testimony, I shared that when I was in elementary school, um, they put me in a special ed class for a while. I don't know if it was because I didn't care enough or I, just, I was just that backward and couldn't read well. Couldn't, reading comprehension was a tough thing for me. 
I struggled at times in school. When I first got saved, it wasn't, it wasn't very long until people began to say, you got more wisdom than you got years. All I could attribute that to was Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit can expand your mind to understand the mysteries and the concepts of God at greater, deeper levels. And we as Christians are told to be ready to have an answer for the hope that is within us, not just because we study, but because the one that's leading us in the study. It's the Holy Spirit. Friend, you need the Holy Spirit in you. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit that's in you. Amen? So, so no, he's, he's the teacher. He wants to lead and guide you. Number three in that area, or C in that area, is he's the revelation giver. Revelation giver. You know, okay, let me, let me help you to understand revelation first. Revelation is simply, it's so simple. It's to remove the cover. This, this is what revelation means. There's something under this thing. Pretend like you didn't see that bottle of water. Revelation is to remove the cover. It's to reveal actually what you might get an inkling of, but revelation is to remove the cover. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. Listen to this. You guys need to hear this. Listen how deep this is, how rich, how powerful this is. Listen, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit is searching the deep things of God. For no man knows what the things of the Spirit of a man... Back up. For no one... Back up again. For what, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So you know what that says? The Holy Spirit is going to the heart of the Father, gaining the things of the Father, and bringing them and making them reveal to us. Isn't that amazing? My, my wife, she's going to get some things ready for you guys, but I'm going to use her right quick. I love this lady. We have been now walking together, married 28 years. Um, we, we were together a year and a half before we were, were married. So we're getting on 30 years of being together. On our best day, on our best day, what I just read to you is a physical impossibility between she and me. In other words, I may know how she thinks, but I cannot grasp how she feels at all things in all circumstances, in all situations. It's, it's, it's literally impossible. She has to use words to communicate to me. And if I don't get in the moment that she's using the words, I might hear the words differently. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is internal. The Holy Spirit can bring the heart of the Father and literally deposit it at a moment right inside of you, friend. Holy Spirit is amazing. Holy Spirit is the great revealer of the things of God. You know what we need to do? We need to stop just depending on the preacher to be the one that gives us revelation. Huh? We need the Holy Spirit to bring revelation. As a church, we want to be a spirit-led church so that we can have revelation from the Spirit. Amen? Huh? 
Woo. D, he's the truth God and Christ glorifier. Our truth God and the Christ glorifier. John 16, 13 through 14 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, will come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is of mine and declare it to you. Isn't that amazing? So all of the truth of Christ, he wants to bring it and make it known and express it to you. E, he's your perfect connection to heaven. Do you hear me? He's your perfect connection to heaven. You won't have a perfect connection to heaven apart from the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit, what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Do you hear that? So what I just shared with you before was that the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God and brings it to you. He also searches your heart and he takes it to God. Yes, he does. That's why it's so important to pray in the Holy Spirit. Huh? We are a Spirit-led church. That means we're not just depending on our current ability to speak the English language in order to pray we let the Holy Spirit speak through us. So you may hear people speaking in tongues. There's a time that the tongues is upon someone for you, but there's always the time that he's in you for, 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 for him, for a connection with heaven. That, that's why sometimes in worship you can hear somebody praying, worshiping in tongues. And I am so sorry if religion has duped you to tell you that that is no longer for today. It grieves my heart. It grieves my heart because all it does is take away from your connection to heaven. If that you could just be filled with the Spirit and pray in the Spirit, you would find that there is a greater strength in God when you pray in the Spirit. It goes beyond your human understanding. It's the Holy Spirit searching all the deep things of you. Things that's so deep that you don't even bring your mind to. The Holy Spirit can take that and make that known to the Father. Pray that perfect prayer to God. Sometimes when you don't know what to say, He knows exactly what to say. Sometimes when you don't know how to respond, he knows exactly how to respond. And you need the Holy Spirit operating in your life. You need to give the Holy Spirit liberty to operate fully in your life. Listen to me, friends. That's the key to living a successful, on fire Christian life is the work of the Holy Spirit. You can study the Word of God till the cows come home, but you need help operating in the word of God and the helper called the Holy Spirit that's his job that's what he wants to do what you've got to learn to do is just yield to the Holy Spirit that's why we're a spirit led people oh Holy Spirit lead me lead this service lead us today lead us to what you're wanting to do lead our hearts lead us to the people that we're supposed to reach to and minister to lead my life 
You know, you know the end from the beginning. Listen, listen, listen. Holy Spirit was there when your life was laid out before the foundations of the world. And he sees the end from the beginning. Isn't that amazing? He sees the end from the beginning. You only see it from the beginning and only understand what the end may be. He starts from the very end and can work it all the way back so that you can get all the way to God's intention for your life. And that's the Holy Spirit's job, friend. Holy Spirit wants to come. Listen to me. Whether you realize this or not, Holy Spirit wants to speak to you personally. He wants to talk to you. You know, when you think, okay, what's the voice of God? The voice of God is the Holy Spirit speaking to you the heart of the Father. The Father is in heaven. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is here. Yes, he is. Hebrews said that Jesus, when he had completed, ascended to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. But he sent the Holy Spirit now to empower and speak to and lead and guide and direct every believer. Isn't that amazing? And so what we've got to do, yeah, it's, it's right to sing to Jesus because the Holy Spirit doesn't come to make himself known. He comes to reveal Christ. It's right to praise Jesus, but you want to know what you need to do? Holy Spirit, help me praise Jesus. Not my way. Your way. Fill, fill my heart to the capacity that I praise Jesus the way he wants me to praise him. Now that day, he may want you on your face. But that may, he also may want you on the chandeliers. And you know what you got to do? Participate. Be led. Hello. By the Spirit of God. You know, where we, you know when we want the Spirit's leading? Only when we're in trouble. We want the Spirit to lead us out of trouble. He's so much more than our way out of trouble. He's so much more than just our latest crisis. Man, He's a friend. Man, the Holy Spirit. Man, the Holy Spirit will tell you some things at times don't even have anything to do with your future, doesn't even have anything to do with just what you would think is, is okay, is this pertinent information? Everything is pertinent information, but Holy Spirit just wants to have a conversation. I'm telling you, the Holy, Holy Spirit has a sense of humor. I mean, just look around. <laughs> I mean, Holy Spirit really has a sense of humor. If you'll talk to the Holy Spirit, he'll say some things at times that'll have you in stitches. Laughing hard. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and it's not for the purpose of just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a dirty joke teller, no. That's sin, that's not Holy Spirit. He's Holy Spirit. But he'll tell you, th he'll tell you things about yourself and you'll just laugh. How could I have been so foolish? And, and the Holy Spirit is so good, so good. Okay, let's, let's move on. Y'all okay? He's your perfect connection to heaven. F. He fills you, listen, literally. Now, wait a minute. Literally. What does that mean? Let, let me just give you some backdrop here. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 says, it says, Do you not know? 
that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? The two, the two major entrance and endowment times of the Holy Spirit comes, listen, comes with an accompanying, I know he's there. Number one, at salvation. When you gave your heart to God, you can witness and testify, there was a transactional difference that happened in a heavenly realm. Now the only way that I can describe it for me was as if a thousand pounds was taken off of me. Those simple words took off a thousand pounds of guilt and shame and years of condemnation. The second time, the second time, and I'm not saying these are the only two times, but the second time was when he baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I li it was more than just a knowledge thing. I felt him literally move in that realm. And what we sometimes do is just use Holy Spirit as an idea. Now there's nothing wrong with telling yourself through idea that he's with me. But don't convince yourself before he actually is. That's pretty rough right there, right? Don't convince yourself before he actually is. What do you mean, Pastor. Don't convince yourself that you're a child of God until you're born again. No matter how much Bible you can quote. Hello. Don't convince yourself that you're baptized in the Spirit until you actually are. Because both of those things, man, will lead you astray. He literally wants to move into you. Huh? Don't put up the no vacancy sign. He really wants to set up shop in you and in your life so that he's in me. How many of you know it's important for the Holy Spirit to be in me? Last thing, on me. A. So we've done one, now two, on me. In me, on me. On me for what? Two, or A, to baptize me. Baptize. He is your baptizer. This is upon you. Bible says in uh, uh, Acts 1 and 7 and 8, or Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come up on you. And you shall be witnessing to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He wants to come upon you, friend. Amen? And be to gift you. To gift you. He wants to gift you. What do you mean gift me? Gift you in a supernatural spiritual way. Can I read some giftings to you? 1 Corinthians 12, 6 through 11 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, meaning what you'll see present. The word manifestation is so important right there. It is to bring to light the fact that He is upon you. Are you hearing me? He wants to be upon you and bring to light to manifest. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all upon you for everybody. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge 
through the Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirit. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit, listen to me, friends. It shouldn't be that the only ones that flow in the gifts of the Spirit are the leaders. It's all of us. We should be hungry for the Spirit of God, hungry for the fullness of the Spirit of God, being baptized in the Spirit of God, utilized in the gifts of the Spirit of God. One thing that I've been studying a whole lot about is how to better embrace the people who flow in prophecy. I've been doing a lot of study on that recently. And I want to see our church embrace people who understand and flow in the prophetic. Because the Bible teaches us, look, it's okay to speak in tongues, but I'd rather that you prophesy. Hello? Prophecy is an extraordinary part of New Testament ministry. We're missing out if we don't embrace the full. And so we'll be spirit-led in that way. Here's another, here's another lift, listing of gift, spiritual giftedness in Romans 12, 6 through 8 said, having then gifts discerning or differing according to the grace that has been given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us, uh, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. I'm going to read you a few quotes. I want you to stand with me. The band, come on up. Last week, I ended with some quotes of the Word of God. This week, I want to end with some quotes of the Holy Spirit from great men and women of God who have either stomped out the path before us. Can I say that? Stomped out the path before us. Treaded the waters before us. Or maybe even in it right now. I'm not a great wordsmith when it comes to those things, but Holy Spirit. Every Sunday, actually every day, but specifically on Sundays, when I open my eyes, I do say these words, Holy Spirit, help me to walk through this day in a way that will bring honor to the Lord. Sometimes I've missed his voice. When I let myself, you know, the Bible says right before all those led by the Spirit statements in Romans 8, it talks about walking in the flesh. Sometimes it's real easy to do is to get into the realm of the flesh. You got to stop and you got to just get the flesh out of the way and repent before God. Say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. I want to read some of these statements, and I want you to hear them. Can you hear them with readiness? Readiness for the Holy Spirit's work inside of you. Let, let me see by the raising of hands in this room. How many of you in this room have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and has been evidenced by speaking with other tongues. Raise your hand. I want to see that just for a minute. 
I'm not trying to divide the body. I just want to kind of just see where we are in our church. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Put your hand back down. My, my, my great prayer as your pastor is that you would be hungry for God and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I have two great prayers. One, God, save the people that I have a chance to minister to. Oh, I wish 100% of people that I preach to would be born again. I, also, I know that people reject God. They rejected Jesus, and I know they'll reject his message. So that one doesn't hurt as bad as Christians who claim to know him. And I talk to them about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and they reject that. Now, I'm not here to put you down. No one. That's, please don't hear that from me. It breaks my heart the most there, not because you do it, but for you. Because I know your life can go to the next level in God. Your success of walking with God is just a step away from walking in the Holy Spirit. I can tell you there's, there's not a person in this room that's been baptized in the Holy Spirit that could, could ever... They, they all could witness to you and say, I, I'll tell you, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit... Something shifted so deeply in my walk with God. The things that I once could excuse, I no longer could excuse. The prayer that I used to pray now is deeper than I've ever prayed it before. My worship has elevated to places I never thought I could be because the Holy Spirit is in me now. I, I have an intimacy with God that I never knew was available. When the Holy Spirit came into me, it was revealed. And I'm telling you, nothing like the Holy Spirit for the believer child of God the Holy Spirit wants to baptize you Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit let me share with you some words from great men of God and women of God here's a quote the Holy Spirit wants to convert the words of the scripture into transformed personalities here's one from the great Reinhard Bonnke the Holy Spirit, I wish I could say it like him. The Holy Spirit is a healing spirit. When the Holy Spirit is present, anything is possible. The great A.W. Tozer said, and I say the great because, see, you guys can say the goat is Tom Brady or Dale Earnhardt. Or Dale Murphy. Or Peyton Manning. But I think the greatest of all time is Jesus Christ. And I think some of his champions. When I was in the world, I couldn't celebrate others enough for their accomplishments. And we fail to celebrate those who accomplish much in the kingdom. So that's why I'm saying great. Because I think Peter was pretty great. I think John was pretty great. Oh, the greatest of all time is Jesus. But, but I think these people that followed him well. A.W. Tozer. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have all that we, we, we have all that is needed to be all that God desires us to be. Alistair Begg says, the same Holy Spirit 
who implants faith within a life implants the boldness to verbalize that faith and not keep it silent. Griffin John says the Holy Spirit is the immediate source of all holiness. He is entirely sincere and perfect in love. He is generous. He is pure in heart, free from selfishness, and never swerves from the path of duty. He is deep like a fountain. He sends forth his virtues in due season. He speaks, and men believe him. He acts. He acts, and men are gladdened by him. He possesses all heavenly virtue. He is one with heaven. And God has given him as a gift to you. Monica Johnson says, those who operate through the Holy Spirit are more equipped to resist temptation. Thomas Merton says, the Holy Spirit is the most perfect gift the Father gave to man. Here's the reason he says that. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? What about Jesus? Jesus said, I'll give you another comforter. The word another is a word that we struggle to comprehend. Because when I say, if I give you this water and I say, here, I'll give you another, the best I can do is give you two separate waters. You understand? But when God said, when Jesus said, I give you another comforter, he said, I give you another exactly like me. To the point that you can't separate us, though we're not the same. To the point that you can't divide us, though we're not. When you, when you educate without the Holy Spirit, you only get a clever devil. Good Lord. Oh, I meant to tell you who that was. A Baptist preacher, Adrian Rogers. And we Pentecostal think we've got it all there because we know how to do it. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do what is needed to be done completely. Can I give you one more? I'll tell you it's by in just a second. Not to be led by the Spirit is to be driven like cattle to the slaughter by the devil. Me. This morning. The Holy Spirit loves to be invited. You know, the Bible says that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve. Grieve. You know, the deepest grief that I ever see is when a loved one goes on. This past week, our dear sister Jane went to her reward, but I saw a grieving family. The grief is because she's no longer present. There's a shell, but she's no longer present. She was in the casket, but no longer present. I'm shaking, man. I feel the Holy Spirit. 
grieve not the Holy Spirit. He's present, but he's not received. He's not in. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. What causes the Holy Spirit grief is that he sees a shell with nothing in it. He sees a shell with nothing in it. And what he wants to do is come in and make you the temple. My great hope today is not to condemn anybody. My great hope is to stir with inside of you to be a part of this church. Completely covenant means we're going to be a spirit-led people. That means for every department and every leader, your gifts and your talents are not what will lead that ministry. They're a part of what the Holy Spirit will use to lead that ministry. But if he's not invited, you'll depend upon gifts and talents. So every meeting needs to open in prayer, some time of worship, and ask Holy Spirit to come close, to come near. I never want to have a church service where I've not invited the Holy Spirit. Because all I do If the Holy Spirit's not present, I'd rather do something else than wreck my heart and my life to try to bring something that people's soul could feast on. But with the Holy Spirit, it's such a pleasure. So how do I get the Holy Spirit in in me and on me? Here's how you get him in you. Repent of sin. Turn to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will come in. How you get him on you is be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You'll know through the evidence of speaking with other tongues. How do I get him in me? I become born again. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll direct you. How do I get him on me? To be totally surrendered. So that you, you, your being becomes an expression of heaven and the person of Jesus Christ. He'll gift you for them. He'll lead you for you. And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60 verse 1, we hope you arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.